and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Kevin Folger, we want to thank you for coming back today and joining us for Labors in the Harvest podcast. Last week, we began a new conversation with Dr. Mark Rasmussen. I refer to him as Dr. R. I think that's the way he's referred to by most people. Would that be a correct assumption, uh, that would, Dr. R? <laughs> that, that would be correct, sir. Most people want to avoid the multi-syllabic last name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, we want to thank you for joining us today and helping me with this conversation as we continue on. We talked a la- last week a little bit about your early years and some of the journey in ministry, but we want to continue on in that conversation today. And uh, last week we left off and you just talked about your family uh, relocating to uh, Southern California and your dad getting involved with a a ministry there. So let's pick up where he uh, begins this uh, work in Canoga Park. Uh, Did he start the church or was it already in existence? Believe it or not, it was something I've never heard of before since. It was called a Swedish Baptist church. Mm. And uh, he went there. They had a little tiny house and uh, an auditorium that seated about 50 people. And they called him. There was about, at that time, 25 to 30 people at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he took the church independent, and uh, that had a little reverse mushroom growth. Several people left at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he stayed and just preached. And um, But then something very instrumental happened in his life. Uh, he drove all the way to Phoenix, about seven hours from Los Angeles, to a sort of Lord conference. Mm-hmm. And there he heard Dr. Rice and Dr. Hiles and preaching on soul winning absolutely transformed him. He had the academics. My dad had an IQ of 160, uh, was an engineering student before he got saved, and uh, obviously excelled. He was student body president of Bob Jones, but he wasn't reaching new people, and he saw how to lead a person to Christ. He heard about having a passion for reaching people, and it transformed his life. And for the great majority of, the, of my life, uh, until he res- got just later years my dad went solely four nights a week wow. and he knocked doors from four to six always home for dinner always home for family altar and about seven he'd go back out with a different uh solely partner for about seven to eight thirty or nine and that's what he'd do his follow-up instead of appointments mm-hmm. and um, at his peak uh, he had a total of 400 personal converts that were attending the church wow. which you get a church starting at 25 the church grew from 25 up to 11 or 1200 and uh <clears throat> It was a soul winning church. They had Thursday night soul winning, free visitation dinner for people to come out. And it was not uncommon to have 80 or 90 people come out on Thursday nights to go soul winning. But he was the leader of that. And many of the key men of the church uh, were people he led to Christ. The man who became chairman of the deacon board was my youth pastor. Uh, my dad led him. He was a Penn State grad engineer out there in Los Angeles. 
my dad led Dave and Barbara Fizz to the Lord on the 14th visit to their home. Hmm. And uh, he came out for my dad's retirement ceremony. My dad thanked him for coming back. He had retired to his Wisconsin where his grandkids were. He said, Pastor, of course I came out. You're the one who brought me to Christ. And uh, hearing things like that's very touching. So um, that gives you a little background there. Well, some of our listeners may be a little bit younger. And so let's uh, talk a little bit about um, these sort of Lord conferences. And uh, again, I know that in some respects, um, some things are being spoken of in, in, I guess, in what I would call disparaging terms. But I think for some, for in some uh, aspects, folks never really had the opportunity to experience those things. I remember as a young man coming out of Bible college and, uh, you know, going to a, a sort of Lord conference that was conducted maybe 30, 40 miles from Cleveland and hearing Dr. Rice and, and Dr. Hiles. And uh, of course, you know, we, we understand uh, all men are human, but uh, there was something about those, those men in those meetings that God did inspire a generation of men to, to become soul winners. Can, can you speak a little bit to that? I can, uh, because we ended up hosting <clears throat> one of those storyboard conferences for about 27 years in a row. And Dr. Rice specifically would often preach on the subject of being filled with the Spirit and on prayer. And he, he, it was almost impossible to hear him teach or preach on those subjects without his weeping. Mm-hmm. And you could tell this was the passion of his heart. Mm-hmm. Dr. Hiles was a great motivational preacher uh, sermons like Fresh Oil, others, uh, things like that, uh, impact the generation. And he really ra- raised the flag for personal soul winning. Um, many people had been under the auspices of the, the old Southern Baptist book, Bring a Friend to Sunday School, and uh, hopefully people get saved in church, and many, of course, did. But he said, you know, we have a personal responsibility to let our light shine. And I think he impacted the generation with that. And I am grateful uh, that my dad's ministry was certainly impacted and so many others. It was rather remarkable to see that when those two men came, there was always on a Monday, Tuesday night, they would start Monday night. They would have Monday morning sessions. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, Brother Hiles would always do his session on how to lead the soul to Christ. And it reenacted with some of their other platform. Then they have two more sermons at night. But people would come, busloads of people would come from sometimes 100, 150 miles away to be impacted by the lives of these men. Um, it was a different day, and uh, but they had a great impact, I believe, for the cause of Christ uh, and for eternity. And of course, uh, during that generation, uh, the 60s, 70s, uh, it was just it was an interesting time. Of course, it was a heyday of the bus ministry. Sure. And um, <clears throat> obviously, in Ohio, you had uh, there in places like Canton and different places that had churches that were. Uh, making great impacts for the cause of Christ. And we know people to this day, they were saved through the soul outreaches of those churches during that time. So yeah, but those conferences, <clears throat> Dr. Hiles and Dr. Rice traveled together about 45 weeks a year. Hmm. And uh, they were great friends. They, they loved each other, obviously. And uh, <clears throat> I do remember uh, Dr. Hiles telling me one time that Dr. Rice would never use the same page of notes to preach for us. He would always recopy his notes every time for every sermon he preached. He said he always wanted to give God a chance to talk to him again about that particular sermon or what he was going to preach on. And that, that impacted me. It made me think about some things there. Sure. And uh, a kind, gracious man. 
Sure. Well, that generation has passed, and now a new generation is here. So let's uh, let's talk right. a little bit more about uh, your particular life. Where and when did you come to uh, know the Lord as your personal Savior? I was saved at Vacation Bible School at Faith Baptist Church, Chicago Park, when I was about six years of age, mm -hmm. and uh, that that was where God made that decision in my life. All right. What What about your your called ministry? I think you mentioned earlier uh, in our uh, first segment that you. Uh, God called you to ministry in Bible college and uh, then called you to preach the, the next year. Is that correct? Is that would be a correct statement? That is correct, sir. I, I've often said Bible college is a great place to train to serve the Lord, but it's also a tremendous place to find out what God wants you to do with your life. Mm -hmm. It says in Genesis 24, 27, I being in the way the Lord led me. Sure. And without disparaging either school, Bob Jones University, where I first attended, was tremendous academically. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's still one of my, my history of professor, Dr. Edward Pinozzi, is someone I still write annually, try to still give him a Christmas gift. He was a very inspirational teacher. Uh, Dr. Walter Fremont was an amazing man who uh, taught the family conference of the wilds for years. But uh, it was the academics there that uh, I enjoyed. Um, and it was a big part of my life there, played sports, worked, of course. But when I went to Indiana, well, there were some good teachers there. It was not the academics. It was the chapel platform and the church that impacted my life. And we just had phenomenal preachers back in the day from J. Harold Smith, R.G. Lee, Dr. Rice every year, Lester Roloff, Tom Malone, Lee Robertson, and on down the road uh, that came to chapel. And remarkably, Dr. Hiles was a prodigious worker. Um, in my 14 years there, I think he only missed one or two chapels on Wednesdays. He, mm. he would take red eyes to get back. And he just, he was there mm. and he was very motivational. I remember just, uh, his sermons, well, not expository per se, often have a truth you'd remember. People mm. compared to Bob Jones Sr. Uh, I remember, you know, preaching a sermon in chapel on I am an idea, getting people to carry a three by five card to write things down so they wouldn't forget them. And it was a, you know, not a great biblical truth, but it was a truth that impacted my life and helped me. Mm -hmm. And so that gives you a little, but during that year, I've said, you know, I said with my background, the things that I've been privileged to see, I knew God wanted me to serve him. I surrendered at that time. Mm -hmm. And the next year I felt God called me to preach as well. Yeah. So. Well, again, I, I totally agree that I think uh, sometimes, you know, and it's often been said, and many people encourage uh, young people the first year out of college or out of high school to uh, take a year and go to Bible college. Uh, I know that probably not everybody's going to do that, but I think if a young person could do that, it would help them tremendously uh, just to get, again, their feet on the ground spiritually, get away from home and in a safe environment uh, before perhaps they, they take the next step. And uh, I know in the life of our youngest son, Andrew, that it was uh, at Heartland Baptist Bible College where he had already surrendered, but really was surrendering to preach that really made the difference in his life. And that happened in, in a Bible college setting. So again, uh, God does different things in different people's lives. Can I say one thing about that? Um, I think what you said is if people would understand that there's several reasons, especially the day in which we live today, we're online. We have a large online program. We had 300 students there last year. But when you go away to college, it helps you to grow up. You get friends of a lifetime. I mean, I, I called the guy yesterday. He was my roommate in 1977. He's pastoring a church that I recommend him to. Five of his daughters came to West Coast. I'll preach for him when I'm on vacation in August. We'll go out to eat afterwards. Lifetime friends, not high school friends, but lifetime college friends because you're uh, in ministry. Uh, you know, and it's a time of mentoring and modeling. Um, it's one thing just to hear a lecture. It's another thing to watch things being done 
that I think could really impact someone. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that giving God that one year, and I think it's based on a biblical precept, Matthew 6, 33, which says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So we ought to give God the first day of the week. It's the Lord's day. We ought to give God the first 10% of our income and offering. The tithe is the Lord's. Um, we ought to give God, I believe, the first part of the day. The psalmist said, early will I seek thee. And then I encourage young people to give God one year of their adult life, which, by the way, in reality, in our college, is 28 weeks. Mm. And I think for doing that, they'll be a better husband or father, a better wife or mother. I'm going to say this as well. Um, not only will that be the case, and not only can God use that time to guide them, but he's worthy of that. Sure. He is worthy of our giving me a year. And to me, it's interesting. Mormons give 104 weeks. I think if Mormons could go on a two-year mission, 104 weeks, Baptists can give 28 weeks and <laughs> better equip themselves for whatever God wants them to do. And my final thought on this, I do not believe everyone's called to full-time Christian work at all. Sure. Uh, obviously, if that were the, I mean, uh, of course not. But I do believe we're all called to be full-time Christians. Yeah. And if we're called to be full-time Christian, having a year pre at our college, you have chapel, you have preaching five days a week, you're in church services, you're part of a, you know, a great missions conference this year in October, a spiritual leadership conference, uh, a youth conference, and being around that, it's a great help. And a statement I've tried to share with parents, when there's a spiritual fire going on, it warms up everyone around them. So be in a place where there's a spiritual fire. I don't think that's going to be in the basement online, you know, so, yes, uh, going, and again, at that point in time, my dad told me, he said, you go one year, so after that, you don't have to go back, but I want you to go to one year of a Bible college. And Dr. Folger, I probably thanked him. I know scores of times. I don't know if it was others. I said, Deb, thank you for getting me to go to Bible college because that changed the entire trajectory of my life. Sure. And uh, it was there. Ultimately, I met my wife. Uh, again, I served in Indiana for 11 years on staff teaching there and became the assistant of the president, Dr. Evans. And uh, it, it changed everything. And I'm so grateful. And of course, again, the preaching uh, impacted my life. And I'm forever grateful that my dad pushed me in that direction. Sure. Well, you, you've been involved. Uh, in most of your ministry has been, you know, not entirely, but for the majority of your ministry, it's been involved in education and training people for ministry in three different colleges. Can you yes. tell me a little bit about that journey and how God had led you uh, in that particular way? Well, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I majored in education uh, at Hiles Anderson and uh, had the same majors that Dr. Lee Roberts and Dr. Hiles had in history and English. And I, I was not used to the cold weather of Chicago at all, grew up in Southern California. And I had said that when I was leaving, I said, I don't know where I'm going, but it's going to be warm. And I had, <laughs> I had narrowed it down to going home to Cotoga Park to a position in West Palm Beach, Florida, or in Atlanta, Georgia at that time at Forest Hills. And I said, they're all warm. It's going to be great. And as I came to completion, I graduated when I was 20. Um, Dr. Evans called me and said, we would like you to stay and teach here. And he talked to me on a Friday and he said, Dr. Howes wants to know by Monday. And uh, I said, okay. And uh, they said, you have to get, you'll be teaching some, you get your master's the next year as well. And uh, I talked to my dad about it. He says, well, he said, I can't tell you what to do. He said, wherever you go, there'll be problems. You better make sure God led you there. And uh, that way, when the difficult times come, uh, you'll say, hey, I'm where God sent me. It's going to be okay. And 
God led me to stay there, and uh, I taught there for the next 11 years. So um, that was during that time, um, a growing time. I was very grateful for Dr. Evans, who was my mentor, being patient with a young, probably obnoxious and impetuous young man. Mm. Um, and I've stayed in touch with him for decades. I've written him every month for over 30 years. And just sadly, a week ago, Saturday, he had to be put in the memory care facility. Um, but uh, he's about 87, 88 years of age. But uh, he really helped mentor me. He uh, really made an impact on my life. Uh, one of four people that I point to as transformative influence in my life, along with Dr. Hiles, my dad, and Pastor Chapel. All of them brought changes in direction and behavioral changes. Because Pastor Chapel, as far as soul winning, Mm-hmm. Having fruit through remains, I did not have that before I came to Lancaster, and I'm grateful for those four men. Uh, two are in, two are now in heaven, and uh, Dr. Evans, of course, obviously uh, can no longer converse with me. So, sure. um, I'm thankful though for the influence of all four of those men. So, for maybe somebody listening to us today who maybe uh, has maybe a propensity or a, a desire to to teach in a college. Uh, what were what would some be some of the steps uh, besides you know getting a Bible college education and some other a- avenues that you would encourage someone to to pursue in order if that were the desire of their heart? Well, you you said it right there. God gives the desires of our heart, and I I thank the Lord. Uh, I've just finished forty two years as a college professor. Um, I feel that's what God made me for, and uh, obviously I love preaching. I, I'll preach at seventy five churches this summer. I'll be at Texas for four weeks in the fall, right? I believe the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I'll go right up to about right before Christmas. And um, I would not be somewhere where I could not preach because I feel that's a call in my life, but I do not feel called the pastor. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that if that's an interesting, obviously I would say read a lot and become an expert in your area. Uh, Obviously, if I had not done well academically, they would never have invited me to stay on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I started out by, teaching when Dr. Evans was gone out of town. He'd have me teach his classes for him. Uh, I volunteered a lot. I mean, I graded papers and making up tests for him, doing different things. I enjoyed I enjoyed being around him. He had uh, he was just a kind, gracious, former Iowa farm boy, and uh, but he was has earned doctor from Bob Jones University. And again, I'm a believer that a man's gift makes a way for him. And God tends to call us towards areas of our giftedness. Uh, he will never call me the area of music. Uh, all my kids are musical. My wife's musical. I have zero musical ability. So God's not going to call me there. Uh, God knows what our gifts are and the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Sure. And I believe that God wants us to be in a place where we can use our gifts. Now, I was offered a job at another college. I'll leave unnamed. And they wanted me, when I left Tyler's Anderson, uh, financially, it was an amazing situation, it included a house, the pool, uh, kids schooling free all the way through college, but I would only teach one class and, uh, and I could never go out and speak. And when that happened, that was just an easy note for me mm-hmm. because I knew what I was called to do. Sure. So, uh, well, you know, if you look at it fiduciary wise or financially bottom line, well, that'd be a great decision. You know, I've never read to that. Uh, because I'm doing what I was, I mean, the night last night, seeing a number of young people saved the youth rally here up in Washington, man, I'll tell you what, that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a situation where you want to be doing what God calls you to do. The steps of good men are ordered by the Lord. Uh, God will open doors. Bob Jones Senior said, don't jump out a window, wait till God opens the door. But um, 
you know, we equip ourselves for the work of the ministry. And so I think that might be a few ideas along those lines. Well, as I think about uh, people that I have known through the years um, that have great minds, uh, you, you would be one of the top at the top of the list. One question I have before we, we conclude today is how does a how does a person because I, I feel like sometimes when a person has a great mind, um, the, sometimes you know they they get wrapped up so to speak in in all the issues and sometimes they're so smart that they they end up going off the rails. How does a person keep centered? Obviously, uh, and I think about your life, I think about the fact that you've always been in, in a good, strong church where there's been good, strong preaching, besides being in the Word yourself. But uh, could you just give speak to that? Because we see so many people, you know, they get caught up in education to the point that it, you know, they start reading things, and then before long, they're gone. So, so how do we keep ourselves centered? That's a great question. I, I think nearness is likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I don't read just independent Baptist, but my theology, uh, who you read is really important. And I, I love reading. Reading would be my hobby. And I try to read at least a book a week. That's nothing compared to some people I know read a book a day during their lifetime. Uh, but I like to read. And, you know, what you read, people say, what book do you like? Well, oftentimes it's the last book I've read. Uh, and again, reading things, I was just thinking about things that are true, just lovely, a good report. I have made it a habit to ask people wherever I go, what's your favorite book? What books have influenced you? What book has been most helpful? And in fact, one time I wrote every pastor who had advertised this many years ago, The Sword of the Lord, and asked them for the books that influenced them the most. And I sent about 200 stamped and self-addressed envelopes to them. About 100 of the men responded to me. And some had pages of books. And if I saw books that were mentioned by multiple men, I said, that's a book I want to read. And, uh, but again, everywhere I go, I ask people, you know, what book helped you? And, you know, uh, you know, what books impacted your ministry? And in doing that, that's been a help to me. And again, being in good, strong Bible preaching churches, uh, Pastor Chapel, Dr. Sexton, certainly uh, a great Bible preacher. And that keeps you grounded. You know, sure. the, that's the that's the rock in which we stand. And you want to compare things to Scripture. Of course, the Scripture is the greatest commentary on itself. Uh, reading the Bible every day. Uh, if there's a singular thing I emphasize most to our students is their daily walk with God. And I try to get them to read a Proverbs chapter and then read through their Bible every year, uh, at least doing that. And you know, people often say, well, I'm, I'm really busy. I'm too busy. I had a man in my Sunday school class, Eldon Lofgren, who's one of our deacons, mm-hmm. who while working full-time in aerospace, read his Bible through in one year, eight times. Wow. And that's challenging. Well, I often say this, I don't think he spent a lot of time on Instagram or watching Netflix or Facebook, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then you look at people like specifically Dr. R.B. Willett, who reads the Old Testament through uh, four times a year, the New Testament through six times a year. Uh, Dr. Sam Davison reads the Bible through four times a year. Well, no wonder these men are phenomenal preachers and have fresh, fresh things because mm-hmm. they're immersing themselves in the Word of God. So right. uh, I was taught that by my dad who read the Bible through at least twice every year literally for about 70 years and i saw it and then of course uh, his scripture memory the scripture memory that's been uh, modeled for me by dr john getch a man who's memorized fourteen thousand verses of scripture wow the whole bible's got thirty-one thousand verses he still spends an hour a day reviewing scripture well mm-hmm. one of the great constant disciplined productive lives i've ever known is dr john getch well interesting 
he's grounded. My dad was the same way. My dad learned thousands and thousands of verses, many books of the Bible he had memorized. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that comes some sacrifice. I never saw him. We never had a TV in our home. I never saw my dad read a novel. Uh, he was focused on winning people to Christ and on the word of God, obviously a sermon preparation as well as scripture memory. Uh, but those things have impacted my life as I've seen those people and I've respected people who've done that. And, uh, you know, I'm not against ever, I think there's a time on summer, maybe, well, you know, on a long plane trip reading a novel, but I mean, it's not the novel we ever quote in the message. It's not right. going to help us. Right. Uh, I used to close the illustration last night for Randy Alfred's book on heaven. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a book that, you know, that book was helpful for me in dealing with people who are elderly. And again, I use that as a closing illustration um, for salvation last night. And, you know, I'm glad I read that. So, sure. well, I want to thank you uh, for taking some time. I know you're on the road with a, a group from uh, West Coast this summer. And I want to thank you for taking time. Uh, you're out on sure. the West Coast and I'm here on the, uh, in the Eastern time zone. So I had to get you up a little bit early today. So thank you, uh, Dr. R, for being so kind and gracious and joining me today. My honor, sir. Well, well bless you. Have a good day. Well, thank you. We want to thank all of our guests uh, who listened into this conversation. And again, we hope that you'll join us again next week as we have another conversation for those who are laborers in the Lord's harvest. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. Mm-hmm.